Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. going on everybody it is justin gonzalez your host of the pigskin chance fantasy football podcast you can find me on twitter at pigskin underscore jay gonzo and sitting across the table from me is my best friend Derek bordeaux you can find him at pigskin underscore d rock Derek, how we doing tonight man doing great man i uh took my kid to uh gymnastics tonight for the first time nice man how'd that go it uh it was interesting. It was interesting. He's uh, he's not quite three yet, so he doesn't listen to anybody, including strangers, <laughs> which is probably a good thing because, you know, stranger danger, you know? So, yeah, he went through the entire class and was pretty much in his own world like half the time. You know, the instructor's over there with the other kids on the balance beam, and he's running over to the, the hanging bar, <laughs> climbing underneath <laughs> stuff. He did the balance beam a couple times. Uh, I took a video of it, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Nice, man. That's awesome. All right, dude. Well, we're going to get into the North and South divisions of the NFC Conference. But first, let's get into what happened this past week. Hey, what happened? What happened, Derek? What happened? (laughs) All right, so... The biggest news of the week is wide receiver Julio Jones traded to the Titans for a second and third round pick. Save the t- save the Falcons over fifteen million dollars in cap space. So, how do you feel about that, Justin? I'm Julio just, over to the Titans. I'm actually really happy that we actually finally got a trade. With all these trade rumors that's been happening this offseason, we actually got a trade of a big name. Yeah. It's kind of nice, you know? Yeah, the NFL has just been teasing us <laughs> right? for weeks. Oh, this guy's unhappy, and this guy's unhappy. And- yeah. And well, they were like, they're like, oh, Russell Wilson's unhappy. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. Oh, <laughs> this guy's unhappy. And you're just like, no. And they finally were like, okay, we'll give him something. Okay, yeah. So here's Julio. So here's Julio. And I actually really like this. For all the sides, okay? I think this is kind of a win-win situation, what's going on here. Uh, I just think that with when it comes to Tennessee, you now bring in a number one receiver when you already have a number one receiver. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, yes, it's going to take work away from them. Okay, A.J. Brown right now is ECR, is wide receiver number four, okay? So, yes, He's going to take a little bit of a hit, but are we really worried about wide receiver four to six or wide receiver, like somewhere in the top 10? That's where he's landing. He's, it's not, he's not taking a huge hit. You know, it's still no. going to be productive. He's still a, a beast of a, a wide receiver. And now you get another guy in Julio Jones on the other side of the ball that they have to worry about. This isn't a Corey Davis who's about to break out. This is Julio Jones. This man is a beast. He's proven it his whole career. He is a beast, Mm. okay? And he just makes everybody better on the field. Now, you have an A.J. Brown you had to worry about. You have now a Julio Jones you have to worry about. And now you have a Derrick Henry to worry about. If you're so worried about stopping Derrick Henry for not rushing for 2,000 yards this year, guess what? 
you got two studs on the outside that Ryan Tannehill is just high best friends. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, pick your poison, man. It's, like, what what are defenses going to do against the Titans? They exactly. can't load the box. And Derrick Henry faced the most loaded boxes last year in the NFL. I think his number of stack against rush attempts against stack fronts is over 30%, which is easily the number one number one rate in the NFL. So you can't do that. You could do it if Corey Davis is your wide receiver too, but not if Julio Jones is your wide receiver too. So, um, but we'll get into Atlanta's the impact on Atlanta. But I would say that the only real loser for the Titans is the tight end Anthony Ferkser. Yes, to me, he takes a little bit of a hit. And he takes Josh the biggest. Reynolds, yeah, he take, takes I think he hit. takes the biggest hit out of on the whole team. I mean, obviously Ryan Tannehill to the moon. Uh, AJ Brown, like you said, doesn't lose too much value. Still going to be a top 12 guy. Julio Jones could be a wide receiver too. And Derrick Henry, man, if he sees less stacked fronts, 2,500 yards maybe? Yeah, I mean, and I think what this also does is push Ryan Tannehill, I think, out of that streaming category. I think this guy might be more of a— Every week start? Might be an every week start. You know, he, I mean, he finished, what, quarterback eight, if I'm not mistaken, last year? And if that's the case, like now all of a sudden you have two stars. You got Derrick Henry that's in the backfield. Like, and you can even check it down, whoever, whatever. I think this helps out Ryan Tannehill in his fantasy outlook for this year. I'm definitely moving him up. I think that I don't see a world that he doesn't finish top 10. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the uh, QB8 last year in PPR. And now then, you and yeah. now you add Julio Jones. I don't yeah. see him not being able to repeat that. I think this might push him out of, you know. I think he's fluctuating now. Like he could be that guy that you can draft late and just ride him all season. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be that guy that you know. I, I I'm you know I feel real comfortable about my team, and I don't want. I think Ryan Tannehill is a good player. Not that you're not streaming every week. He's not. I don't think he's gonna be on the waiver wires all year long. Right. You know what I'm saying. All right, so the next thing, we got Baltimore running back news. Okay, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, a little news blur about J.K. Dobbins. The offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, for the Baltimore Ravens, came out and said J.K. Dobbins could see an expanded passing game role. Pretty exciting. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day in practice. He was making, he was jumping over defenders to make catches down the sidelines. They're using him in the passing game down the field. I mean, I hope they get him those short area targets too because those are also valuable in fantasy football. I would love to see if J.K. Dobbins got more receiving work. Yeah, man. Uh, I I think just I think he's in for a good season, not a great season. Uh, if he's involved in that passing game, obviously it's going to help him out even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, we just had a couple years ago where Mark Ingram was the, uh, a running back one because he produced so much in those short yardage in the in the red zone. You know, he produced a lot of touchdowns with those short yard passes, you know, he didn't have a lot of receptions, but he had a nice chunk of touchdowns to go with it. If that's a JK Dobbins season, you know, why not? If that's what they're going to utilize him in or whatever. And now they got guys that came in and you have a decent wider, you get a better wide receiver core. Not, we don't, we'll see what Rashad Bateman is right uh, coming up. Sammy Watkins. I'm not going to hold my breath. And, you know, he looks washed, it, you know, it's just so now let's see what Bateman comes in. Let's see how he, he acclimates to the NFL. Well, Bateman but, shouldn't be your concern. Gus Edwards received a two year extension, two years, $10 million. Are you yes. concerned about 
Gus Edwards no, bringing because, down his value? No, because I'm not. J.K. Dobbins isn't being valued as an RB1 right now. He's no. he's not, you know what I'm fringe. saying? So, yes, fringe. So the value that you're having at J.K. Dobbins, you're going to have a guy to pair with J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards is going to be that, but they're a running first team. Mm-hmm. It, I'm more worried about Lamar stealing my end zone or my red zone touchdowns than you know Gus Edwards type deal you know what I'm yeah. saying like when you have a quarterback like Lamar you you're gonna be more I'm more worried about him than I am Gus Edwards Gus Edwards is there he's gonna get some work in especially now with the ex- expanded NFL season 17 games he's gonna get his work I don't think Gus Edwards may be a flex play if that you know let, let's see how it plays out but I think J.K. Dobbins is gonna be an RB, a nice solid RB2 this year all right, another piece of running back news. Saquon Barkley is uh, set to miss OTAs as he continues his recovery from ACL tear in 2020. Should be ready for training camp, but I think they're going to take it slow and that's, really that's let him wait. star running back, and, man. Just take yeah. take your time. Make sure he's 100% before he gets out there. Yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, I don't even think I need to see him in the preseason. No. We know who he is. Yes. We know he's one of the best backs in the league. I think they should take it really slow. I don't think they should push him in training camp at all. And definitely not OTAs or mini camps or anything. I'm like glad that. they're being smart with it. Yeah, for just sure. get healthy, my guy. All right, last bit of news we got. I was able to secure exclusive audio from the Packers' first day at mini camps. Now, AA Ron, where are you? Where is AA Ron right now? No AA Ron, huh? Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, AA Ron. You done messed up, AA Ron. The Malifor is heated. Is that the strength and conditioning coach? No, 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 no. This is this is blood vessel popping on the side of his face. Matt Lafleur, look at where where is my quarterback? I got Jordan Love stinking up the. You know, I need Aaron Rodgers. We uh, ain't got no love over here, man. So apparently, Jordan Love can't get no love. Aaron Rodgers uh, is holding out. Did not show up to for uh, first couple days of mini camp. Could lose the, the the team can actually fine him up to ninety three thousand dollars. He already forfeited a five hundred thousand dollar workout bonus, and that's if he misses all three days of this minicamp. And this man's still living his best life. Oh, dude! I mean, he makes so. he's he's made plenty of money for himself. He's he's maxed out every contract he's able to, and he doesn't need ninety three thousand dollars. Like he's he's not bluffing. This is a legit holdout. So. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers a little, little bit more. For the sake of up, my dynasty team, please trade this man or do something. Make up, kiss, make up, trade him. I don't care. I don't know. I have too many shares of Devontae <laughs> Adams. I need him to stay put. I need something, bro. All right, guys. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at Pigskin Champs and on Facebook at Pigskin Champs Pod. On the Chumps and Champs. Will you teach me to football? Sure, we'll teach you the football, won't we, caretaker? Hey, I'll teach you anything. Just don't eat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. NFC North. That uh, that drop is <laughs> is pretty. It, that's nice, especially for the team that we're about to talk about, because they uh, Detroit Lions. Do you teach me to football? Yeah. Yeah. Dan Campbell is. Uh, I, I was referring more to the just don't eat me because Dan Campbell out here trying to bite people's knees off. Ah. <laughs> so uh, Detroit Lions, guys, they hired Dan Campbell as their new head coach. 
uh, traded Matthew Stafford to the LA Rams for Jared Goff and some picks. One of the biggest news and trades that happened over the offseason. And that was a haul that, that uh, LA had to give up to get Matthew Stafford. Like we said before, is uh, largely based on Jared Goff's contract that he mm-hmm. had. But also, I think that just the Rams don't, they don't like picking in the first round. There's, you can have my first round pick. You can have my first round pick. They'd rather get proven players <laughs> for sure than, so. than, than you know coach up some rookies. Yep. Uh, not a proven player though is they went out and signed wide receiver Tyra Williams to a one year deal. They also signed uh, running back Jamal Williams to a two year deal. Signed wide receiver Brashad Perryman to a one year deal. Their fifth year options was center Frank Ragno. Their 21 draft class was offensive tackle Penny Sewell in the first round, wide receiver Amon St. Brown in round four, and running back Jamar Jefferson in round seven. They also waived Carrion Johnson. Yeah, there's an easy you know reference you can make that, but I'm not going to make it um, just low-hanging fruit. But the Lions, right? Pretty terrible on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, they were 20th in points scored. Now... I say that to say to I mean twentieth in points scored is really bad, right? But I mean they they were a good passing team, and that's I think a lot of that is Matthew Stafford, and he's not there anymore. So take these numbers with a grain of salt: thirteenth in pass attempts, tenth in passing yards, fourteenth in passing touchdowns, twelfth in net yards per attempt. Then you get to the running the rushing side of the ball. They were thirtieth in rush attempts, thirtieth in rushing yards, fourteenth in rushing touchdowns, twenty. 24th in yards per attempt, and these are some numbers that are pretty telling, too. 20th in scoring percentage, so almost bottom of the league in scoring, touch, converting drives to touchdowns or to points. 17th in turnover percentage, so, I mean, that's pretty high right there. Turning the ball over at a 17% clip on the season is not, you know, winning football. So, I mean, you look at this team offensively, they threw the ball a lot, but it only, I mean, it didn't, I mean, they were 5-11, and 11, you know. You got, you see other teams that are, you know, ranked in the top five in passing. You know, like the Bucks and the Chiefs, they went to the Super Bowl. This team was just not an efficient team. They turned the ball over too much. They didn't score enough points. So, you know, offensively, they they they, they really struggled. And it's not going to get any easier with Jared Goff slinging the rock and 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 a lot the two of their top receivers leaving. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, you know, last year Matthew Stafford was a QB fifteen, respectable, especially for a guy who doesn't run the ball. DeAndre Swift was the RB eighteen, which is also respectable, seeing as how they were thirtieth in rush attempts and thirtieth in rushing yards. Adrian Peterson was RB forty. Marvin Jones wide receiver eighteen. Danny Amendola, oof, wide receiver seventy. Quintez Cephas wide receiver one hundred one. And this is this is those rankings are including Kenny Galladay as well. He wasn't even the third passing offense, passing option. Yeah, he was hurt most of the year. Yeah, and then T.J. Hawkinson, tight end five, probably the you know obviously the best player offensive for fantasy on this list. Uh, I, I can easily see him repeating that even with Jared Goff. So, um, all right, so we've laid the groundwork for the Detroit Lions, Justin. We'll start off with you. Are the Detroit Lions a chump or a champ for fantasy purposes in twenty twenty one? Uh, dude, I, I definitely got them labeled as a chump. They, I, I, they just downgraded at too many positions, important positions. They got to downgrade at their QB. I know Jared Goff 
brought his team to a Super Bowl and all that mm, stuff. But Sean McVay brought them to a Super Bowl. Listen, yes, but he still had to go out there and perform. But I do believe Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Uh, they lost their two starting wide receivers in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Uh, I think this literally, all this does for this, for me is TJ Hawkinson. All right. This is this is the this is the Detroit Lion that I want. Is D, is TJ Hawkinson. He's arguably the best pass catcher on his team right now. You know, as the roster lies, I I view him as the number one option in this league. Or what well, league? <laughs> on this team, I believe he's the number one option, okay? And last year, he had 101 targets, 723 yards, 67 receptions and six TDs finishes the tight end five. I can easily see him finishing in top three. Okay. And I mean, you had Logan Thomas who's finished number three and Robert Tunyon that finished number four, you know, granted Kittle's not there. Mark Andrews had a down year, all that stuff. So right now he's at ECR number five. I think that for me, the only option I really, really want is TJ Hawkinson. I think he's a difference maker on your fantasy team. I think he can help you win a championship. I think he's going to be that type of tight end. The only other guy, too, is DeAndre Swift. He presents an interesting like RB2 stat line that he's projected for. He's currently like ECR 18, I believe, or 21, somewhere in that range. And I just don't know if I would rather trust him and his coaching staff Cause it's going to be a bad offense. You know, he had nine TDs last year. I think that total comes down just a little bit. I, especially between him and Jamal Williams, you know, now it's a little bit of a crowded backfield. Uh, they already came out and said, we're going to go with the hot hand. What does that mean? Whoever's got the hot hand. So you don't like, okay, one week it's Jamal, one week it's DeAndre Swift. Then I don't want DeAndre Swift. I mean, every I know, team goes with the hot hand. I know that's just their hot hand is always better. Yes, you know, like they're, I, they're I number, know their top guy is always the, the yes, hot I hand. Yes, I get it. And I know that's a lot of coach speak, and yeah. I'm not reading into that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Is the just, I just, right now, he's going to the 211. Do I go after DeAndre Swift or do I take a chance on like a Najee Harris who's going to the 306 right now or something, you know, something like that. Uh, it, it just depends, you know, maybe a Chris Carson. I might rather have Chris Carson than DeAndre Swift. Like it, it just depends on how you feel and how you view this player. I just, for me, I might be staying away from DeAndre Swift uh, unless he starts to fall a little bit in his ADP. Yeah. I mean, I think you laid it out. You know, perfectly. Um, I agree that the Detroit Lions are a certified, bona fide chump. For Put fantasy. a stamp Put, on it. Put a stamp on it. Okay. Um, they are, like, I mean, I, I expect their rushing numbers to go up from 30th in the league. I expect that to go way up. But does that mean more fantasy production? Probably not. I mean, let's face it, Jared Goff is not. I'm not confident in Jared Goff and his ability to increase their scoring percentage, right? Because the number one team in the NFL last year had over a 45% scoring percentage, and they had a 20% scoring percentage. I don't see that number drastically improving. So, yes, Hawkinson can can be the number one guy in the receiving game. It's probably unlikely that that he dominates the receiving share by a wide margin, but still he could be the number one guy because they really don't have – a whole lot of weapons on that side, on 
you know, at receiver, you know, they drafted a guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, could be good. You know, Brashad Perryman, you know, the list goes on of just just guys that they threw in there. Are they, it seems like they're going to be a running team. Throw the ball to Hawkinson. I mean, it's it's it seems yeah. pretty straightforward, but it's also pretty easy to to defend as well. Yes, oh, 100%. You know, you really just have to and defend I mean, with no threat on the outside. And Jared Goff is throwing to uh, Brashawn Perryman and Tyrell Williams, not Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge downgrade right. and stuff, which even furthers downgrades uh, Jared, Jared right. Goff. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, there's no receiver that I want to draft at their current cost. There's no running back. I don't want to take DeAndre Swift at his current cost. I'd rather have him in the third round than in the second round, even though, I mean, I do have him – in that second round range, but as I talk about it more, and as I look at his his you know pr- projections for him, I'm probably moving him down. I just I'm just not confident in that offense. Jamal Williams is a better running back than any of the running backs they had last year behind Swift, so he's going to get more touches. He's going to catch the ball, so he's going to take out take work from DeAndre Swift. So I don't I don't I'm not buying into DeAndre Swift this year, and then it's well documented my. Opinion on on Jared on Jared Goff. I just Jared I Goof. think I think yeah, exactly Jared <laughs> Goof. Or no 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 sorry. Here's the nickname. You ready? Jared Oof. 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 Uh, I believe that Jared Oof was controlled by Sean McVay his entire career. Ain't that like a poop spray? <laughs> <laughs> Robot inside his brain. You know, like when the when the forehead opens up and there's like a little alien in there. <laughs> that was Jared Goof. Oof. Okay. Oof. So. Yeah, I mean, this offense is probably not going to do much of anything in 2021. I think they're going to be a bad football team, probably picking in the top five once again. Maybe they get themselves another quarterback. We'll see. But, you know, I, I completely agree that they are a chump for sure. Okay, so the next team that we're going to talk about is the 7-9 and Minnesota Vikings. This offseason, they released tight end, longtime tight end Kyle Rudolph, released offensive tackle Riley Reef. Signed running back Amir Abdullah to a one-year deal. A draft class included offensive tackle Christian Derrissaw in the first round, Kellen, the quarterback Kellen Mond in round three, and guard Wyatt Davis in round three. Those are just the offensive pieces they picked up. There weren't any big-time free agents that they brought in. They pretty much have the same crew. Uh, 11th in points for, 27th in pass attempts. We kind of It kind of makes sense. Right? They're a run-first team with Dalvin Cook. They don't really throw the ball a whole lot, but they're pretty efficient when they do. 14th in passing yards, 6th in passing touchdowns, 6th in net yards per attempt. They're pretty good. They're pretty efficient passing offense. And all that's set up by 8th in rushing attempts, 5th in rushing yards, 7th in rushing touchdowns, 4th in yards per attempt. Now, where they kind of struggle is 18th in scoring percentage, which again, like I said, the number one team, the number one offense in the NFL last year was uh, – you know, as far as scoring percentage was the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, they hung 40-something points on this team last year. So Yeah, the defense was rough. This yeah, the defense was bad. But the offense, fantasy-wise, was actually pretty pretty good, man. Uh, you know, we had Kirk Cousins finish at QB 11. So uh, just that fringe back end, uh, you know, quarterback one. Dalvin Cook was RB2 last year. I know there was a lot of injuries, but he – Performed very, very well. Played most of the season as well. Alexander Madison, RB55. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver six. Rookie that just took the league by storm last year, dude. Absolutely. Uh, Adam Thielen, wide receiver 10. Two top 12 wide receivers in the same offense. That ranked, I just want to highlight this, that ranked 27th in pass attempts. 
had two wide receiver ones. Yep. That's efficiency right there. With a quarterback 11. Oh, yeah. So you had a QB 11 and two top 10 wide receivers with a team that ranked 27th in pass attempts. Stupid efficiency. Yeah. And uh, Irv Smith was tight end 22 with Kyle Rudolph being tight end 39. Yeah, the tight ends weren't really used much in this offense. No. But, Derek, I want to know from you, man, are you labeling them a chump or champ? Uh, I have him as a champ, and I'm going to start off by continuing to hammer home the efficiency numbers for this team. 27th in pass attempts. Like I I just said it, 27th in pass attempts, but they produced three top 12 players at their respective positions. Kirk Cousins does not offer a whole lot rushing the ball, does have some down games. Maybe not the most consistent guy, but you can absolutely stream him in a plus matchup. For sure. And in you know in, in in redraft that's what we do right we stream quarterbacks unless you got like Mahomes or Josh Allen or Kyler Murray right you're streaming quarterbacks yes then you look at you know you got Dalvin Cook who is a top five redraft pick this year oh for sure top five redraft pick like Hands down. like if you have the number number five pick you just want anybody in that top five to drop to you I'd be happy with any of those five guys Dalvin Cook's in there he's one of them. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, both finished as top 12 wide receivers last year. It probably won't happen again this year because Adam Thielen did most of that off of touchdowns. Oh, 100%. Uh, Justin Jefferson did a lot of that off of you know a mix of, of yards and touchdowns too. Er, uh, Just, Jefferson will be the number one target on this offense, I believe. Irv Smith coming into his own. I think with the, uh, you know, with the departure of Kyle Rudolph, now Irv Smith can kind of take over that sole tight end role and produce for you for fantasy. So I can easily see, you know, Dalvin Cook's a top five pick. Kirk Cousins is a late-round quarterback sleeper. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Now, Jefferson, he may be going a little too high for me, but if I'm in the right spot in the draft, I'd be okay with taking him. Like, if I'm in the back half of the first round and I get a, you know, an Austin Eckler-type running back and then come around in the top of the second round and Justin Jefferson's there, I'd be more than willing to pull the trigger on that and have that be my two-player two combo out of the first two rounds. And then Adam Thielen probably is going to be a value this year because people are going to think Jefferson's taking over the role, but Adam Thielen is still a guy that can get open, a guy that catches the ball consistently, and he can score a lot of touchdowns. He can do it. I'm not going to bet on all those touchdowns, but I think this team is stupid efficient. They run the ball very well. They may not pass the ball a whole lot, but when they do, they're very efficient at doing it. So I got him as a champ. The efficiency numbers that that we keep highlighting are this is what it, this is what we want in fantasy football. Okay? Yes. This is this is what we, you have a team that is just producing once. All over the board. You have number uh, RB1. They're the Oprah Winfrey of fantasy football. You get a one. They are, Everybody gets a one. They are very, very, very efficient. These guys are labeled champs for me. They didn't do a whole lot. They actually improved their defense. So now this is what is going to maybe temper expectations for a Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, an Irv Smith. That's that we think might be a breakout this year, something like that, and wonder if with an improved defense, what's going to happen? Obviously, they were already 
what you said a 27th in pass attempts and that was with a bad defense yeah i like, think this actually helps this team the, the them helping their defense keeps minnesota with the same identity on offense yes. they don't have to change they can literally repeat what they did last year yes they can run the ball effectively use play action they don't have to throw it they threw the ball they were a bottom five throwing team in the NFL as far as attempts. Yep. So, so right now, though, like, I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, and I think that this team gets a little bit better. I don't think Alan, Adam Thielen is going to be a one this year. I think he's going to be a wide receiver, too. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a wide receiver one for sure. He has the ceiling to be a top five uh, guy. Dalvin Cook, obviously, we think he's going to be a top five running back in his position in his own. And what you were saying was you were even talking about you were going to take an Eckler the back half and then go get Justin Jefferson on that turn. Right now his ADP is 212. So we're talking about getting McCaffrey and then Justin Jefferson. Like that's the type of things that's happening right now on ADP. ADP is very, uh, ADP is subject to change. So, you know, but as of right now, like if something were to happen where that falls and you're getting a McCaffrey and a Justin Jefferson and then you get another top tier guy right at that number three round, like that's you're starting your draft off the right way. Yeah. Just looking okay. at ADP right now, if it stays how it is, I mean, yeah, you could, you know, the top two picks are McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. You could sit there with, you know, if you got the number one pick or the. Or even a top three pick, you can you can have a combination of McCaffrey, Cook, or Hen- or Derrick Henry come back at the two three turn and get Justin Jefferson and uh, Calvin Ridley. You know, Calvin Ridley is going at the three hundred two right now. Now that's probably going to skyrocket. Ooh. But as it sits right now, let's say you're doing best ball, that that's easily a top. You know, that's that's a great combination. You can start with a top three back. And then Justin Jefferson and a Calvin Ridley type wide receiver pairing, I think that's dominating your draft right there. Yeah, that's a that's a good pairing right there, man. So Justin, I said they were champs. What do you got? No, I already labeled them a champ. Uh, I will say the last little bit for me is Irv Smith. I think he could possibly be in a tight end one conversation at the end of this year. I think he is uh, poised to be uh, somewhat of a sneaky play this year. You you got a uh, you got a Kyle Rudolph that departed from this team, and those targets have to go somewhere. Irv Smith was on the field with Kyle Rudolph last year. He got a decent amount of targets. He actually finished ahead of Kyle Rudolph. All of Kyle Rudolph's targets I can see going to Irv Smith and him projecting to be in the top twelve, which is not very hard to do in the tight end landscape. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. I mean, he had. Uh, 43 targets last year. Yeah, I think Kyle had like 37. He did. Okay, so if you put them together, that's 70 something targets that he's gonna take. He's gonna immediately walk into, and I think that's you know pretty legit for you know a, t- a tight end you can get super late. I mean, oh, right now sure. his ADP is in the 10th round. Yeah, I'll take a shot on him. Yeah. For so sure. and he might even fall a little bit farther than that because you know you got other guys going around that range that are a little bit more proven. You know, you're looking at guys like. You know, Noah Fant, Evan Ingram, Rob Gronkowski right behind him, Logan I would, Thomas. I think I would definitely try to take the shot on Irv Smith over Evan Ingram. Oh, for sure. I think I would definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, so. you the, the problem with comparing those two players is they both have 
target share issues. Now, one of them being because there's competition on the roster in Evan Ingram. You know, they've got Kenny Galladay, they've got Saquon, they've got uh, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, all those guys. And the other one is more of a the offense doesn't throw enough, you know, to have a big target share issue. So it's it's really the same issue, but it's like they're both facing, you know, unique challenges. So, um, but definitely Irv Smith could be an absolute breakout tight end this year. So, all right, guys, we're going to move on to the 8-8. Eight eight. Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Okay. Duh. Bears. <laughs> uh, they were more like the Cubs last year. But. Duh. Cubs. Uh, fr- they franchise tagged wide receiver Allen Robinson. Smart move. Signed quarterback Andy Dalton to a one-year deal and then declared him the number one co- the QB1. our QB1. Signed running back Damian Williams to a one-year deal and then their draft class for 2021 included quarterback Justin Fields in round one, who they traded up for. So much for Andy Dalton being QB1. Offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins in round two. Offensive tackle Larry Borum in round five. Running back Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert in round six, and wide receiver Daz Newsom in round six, and then recently they have released offensive, ta- offensive tackle Charles Leno. Kind of a surprising uh, transaction there, but I mean, are you really surprised by the Bears in some of the moves they've made? I'm not. Twenty <laughs> third uh, in points four, pretty rough, especially with Nagy being a supposed offensive guru. Uh, eighth in pass attempts. 22nd in passing yards, 18th in passing touchdowns, 26th in net yards per attempt. So you can see they tried to throw the ball. They had a Washington football team-esque performance performance with <laughs> the 8th most passing attempts, but almost bottom of the league in efficiency numbers. When you, you got Trubisky and Foles throwing the rock. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and Nagy calling plays, and Foles just staring at him, like screaming, like, can we please... Be more aggressive, like come on now. It was a, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then you combine all that with 27th in rush attempts, 25th in rushing yards, 28th in rushing touchdowns, 23rd in yards per attempt, 19th in scoring percentage, and 14th in turnover percentage. So this team right here was top 10 in one statistical category, and it was pass attempts. There was the attempts, the to attempts, pass not the compl- ball. not pass <laughs> completions. Okay, they did not complete the eighth most pa- eighth most passes in the NFL. They attempted, which I can attempt. I can go into the NFL right now, today, today, years removed from being any <laughs> shade of athletic, athletic, and I could lead the NFL in pass attempts. He literally just snap the ball and throw it. It doesn't even matter where it goes. It could be. I could throw a pick on every single play, and I could lead the NFL in pass attempts. But they were bodily in every other offensive category, every other one. And it blows my mind how Nagy still has a job. How is that even possible? Uh, you know, it, they had a perfect chance to, you know, kind of rid themselves of Matt Nagy and, and hire uh, and Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs and pair him with Justin Fields in year one. That would have made me really excited. But no, they want to keep Matt Nagy like a bunch of hoarders, just keeping their garbage in their house and not getting rid of it. And you're going to see them suffer. And, you know, I don't know, man. I'm just not very optimistic about this team. But Justin. All right, man. So, yes, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain over there, man. 
Um, I mean, it's not my team. I don't root for these guys. The uh, Nagy is a nag in my butt. <laughs> it doesn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> that was nice. uh, but Trubisky did finish as the QB 28, so not even QB 2 territory. David he's Mark, the guy yeah. that they drafted over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And he's also the guy that's the backup for Josh Allen right now. Uh, David Montgomery finished as the RB4, and that was to his very strong finish of the 2020 season. Very strong. Cordell Patterson was RB64. Allen Robinson was wide receiver 9. Darnell Mooney, wide receiver 50. Anthony Miller, wide receiver 69. Jimmy Graham, tight end 13. Derek, with this all laid out for us, how are you feeling about Chicago Bears in 2021? Uh, 2021, they're chumps. And I just I don't see I, I if if you think differently you're gonna have to really convince me because I I I do think that they are going to botch they're they're not gonna play Justin Fields right away I feel like Andy Dalton's gonna come out week one as a starter and it's it this is this is the voice of me being like I just have no faith in this coaching staff in the front office to make the right decision they could be a champ. Could you imagine Justin Fields throwing to Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and then David Montgomery getting all the work, Tariq Cohen coming back off that injury? His offense could be electric. But no, they still have yet to take out the garbage. They have Matt Nagy still. They have Andy Dalton as they're most likely going to be their quarterback one to start the season. Man, I think they're chumps. I'm staying away. Allen Robinson – Still, I I just if they started Justin Fields, I would feel more excited about them. But I just don't is I don't see it happening week one unless there's an injury to Andy Dalton. Then maybe, you know, maybe I would take Allen Robinson. Maybe I would look at you know I'm still kind of looking at Darnell Mooney, but not I'm not really as excited because of the fact that Andy Dalton's going to be throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, and then David Montgomery. I mean, a lot of his production last year. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from him because he did finish as the RB4, he he was there playing, and Tariq Cohen wasn't. But you can't change the fact that Tariq Cohen will be back, and when healthy, he is used in this offense. Like, Matt Nagy still likes to use him, no matter what the role is, if he's a guy that comes in and carries the ball five or six times a game, or he gets, you know, receptions out of the slot or whatever. You know, I think Matt Nagy is just too cute of a play caller to lean on David Montgomery for me to actually draft him and expect him to produce another top 10 or top 12 uh, season. So I'm out. I'm out on the bears until further notice until Justin Fields is QB one who Justin Fields was my QB one. You know, as far as rookies go this year, if they can put him out, if they come out and say he's a starter, I'll probably change my mind. But until then, until further notice, they're chumps to me. Yeah, man, uh, I'm going to agree with you because I know what the Bears are, okay? So when I say that, I, I, I know that David Montgomery is not going to be an RB4. The value that he possesses this year has skyrocketed because of the end of last year. I think there's a lot of people out there are like, oh, yeah, David Montgomery, he finishes RB4. I'm going to go get him. So the value is not going to be there for me, okay? 
he's not going to be a league winning type of running back this year. Okay. Like you said, Tariq Cohen is coming back. He's not going to get the huge workload that he had last year. Okay. Then and you have Andy Dalton. You have Allen Robinson. He's going to be a wide receiver one. We know who Allen Robinson is. He can be a wide receiver one. It feels like with any quarterback, if he could do it with Trubisky and Foles. All right. I feel a little bit differently about the Justin Fields take because I think he is going to see the field a lot sooner than later. Okay. So right now they have they have their bye week at week 10 right now. I don't think they're waiting that long. I don't think they're waiting to change hands, okay? I think he will see the fields sooner rather than later, okay? Um, I don't think Andy Dalton is that guy. We saw him last year with an amount, or enormous amount of talent on the field, okay? You have a guy like Zeke, Amari Cooper, a Michael Gallup, a C.D. Lamb, even Schultz was playing decent in replace of Jarwin. Like, you saw this offense before Dak went down. And Andy Dalton took it and threw it outside. <laughs> like, you're you're in timeout. Like, yeah. I, I don't I, – Andy Dalton's not the answer, okay? And the fact that they had the means to go and trade up from 20th to, what was it, 11? 11. And go get Justin Fields. I think Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace – have their jobs on the line this year, and they have to see if they have any type of chance to keep their job. I think they have to see what they traded up for. They, yeah, they have to sooner rather than later in order to keep their job. They have to prove like, hey, look, we got the answer. Keep me here, which I don't think. Obviously, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he needs to be there. I think they need to get a little bit of change, but I, I don't, I cannot see myself going after these guys at the positions that they're going right now. Okay. You have David Montgomery at uh right now ranked around that nineteen to twenty range. Going at, you know, the four oh six, which isn't bad. You can get you if, if you if you go heavy on running backs early, you that could be your third running back, which isn't a bad situation. And then you have an Allen Robinson who's going at like the three twelve so, I mean, to me, I would have to – I just – I'm a little bit more comfortable with Fields being the quarterback if I have Allen Robinson, but I don't know when that's going to happen. And we haven't even seen Fields take the NFL field. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what he's going to look like. We don't know. We just don't know, you know. So, let's see what happens. To me, they're chumps. I think that's all I got for them. All right, man. Not much else to be said about an eight and eight team with a uh, uh, lame duck at a head coach. So, all right. So we're gonna move on to the thirteen and three Green Bay Packers NFC division or uh, conference runner ups. That felt good to say. <laughs> um, the Packers released offensive tackle Ricky Wagner, uh, re-signed running back Aaron Jones to a four year deal. That was big. Many thought that he would leave in free agency, but end up re-signing. They, it's not, they also had their all-pro center leave in free agency. Couldn't get him re-signed. 2021 draft class, they took, they gave Rodgers some help. 
with Amari Rodgers. <laughs> uh, a wide receiver in the third round. Uh, center Josh Myers in the second round. Uh, guard Cole Van Lennon in round six. Offensive tackle Royce Newman in round four. And running back Kylan Hill in round seven. They used a, quite a few picks on offense, but their first round pick was a corner. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the fact that their last two drafts, their first-round picks, have not been players that can help Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's a big reason why he's not – he's holding out and a big reason why he's not playing. They're not helping him on offense. They're – it may look like they're helping him on offense because if you really look at it, they added offensive players. They added four, five offensive players in this draft. In a seven-round draft, they added five offensive players. But they waited till the third round to get it done. And the type of player that you get in the third round is not the same as what you get in the first round, right? Oh, for sure. They could have had a bunch of different players in that in, in, in that range, and they decided to go cornerback. Now, I mean, Kevin King probably should not have a job after getting burnt by Scotty Miller in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. But, hey, who's counting, right? You. <laughs> uh, offensive rankings in 2020, they were first in points four. 24th in pass attempts. But I want you to see, I want you to hear this stat real quick. I didn't give this stat for any other team, but this is this is how this is why the Packers were the number one offense in the NFL last year. First in points scored. They were 24th in pass attempts. They were 28th in total plays ran in the in in 2020 and 27th in plays per game. A lot of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers using all the play clock. They were very slow-paced offense, but they were efficient. They scored a lot. They were ninth in passing yards, first in passing touchdowns, second in net yards per attempt. And then running the ball, they were 12th in rushing attempts, 8th in rushing yards, 15th in rushing rushing touchdowns, 6th in yards per attempt. They were the number one team in scoring percentage, turning drives into touchdowns. And then they were 32nd in turnover percentage, which is actually a good stat. You want to be last in turnover percentage. The higher that number is, the more you turn the ball over, right? So... Yeah, he had like 40 they, TDs and what, five interceptions? Yeah. <laughs> like, he had an outstanding year. And we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. Outstanding year, MVP, runner-up in the NFC. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, this offense was electric. You wanted every piece of it. Any piece you could find that Aaron Rodgers – if Aaron Rodgers threw the ball to the ball boy, I would have been picking him up off of waivers the next week. <laughs> this offense was that good. Yeah, man. This is how good they actually were. Uh, you, you just said it. They had a very, very slow pace of play during their games. And Aaron Rodgers still finishes as the QB2. Aaron Jones finishes as the RB5. Devontae Adams as the wide receiver one. And Robert Tunyon as a tight end four. Top five production from their ones. That's four right? players in the top five in their res- respective positions. Nuts. You know, you still have Jamal Williams finishes RB38. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's four different positions, too. Yeah. That's not two wide receivers. That's yeah. a quarterback, running back, receiver, and a tight end, all in the top five. For sure. And, I mean, MVS finished wide receiver 56. Alan Lazar, wide receiver 80. I mean, you, you just see who the guys are, the studs on this team, and – Without Aaron Rodgers, this doesn't look anything like this. You yeah, know, that is I think that's one of the hardest parts about very, this very, conversation here is the fact that you don't know what it's going to look like. And you don't. And he's already holding out, and I, I just don't understand. So, I, Derek, I want to know from you, man. Let me know how you're feeling. 
are you predicting him coming back? Like, are, like how are you labeling this team with or without Rodgers? Obviously, I kind of know the answer with without, but. I mean, if they have Rodgers, they're, they're a champ. If they don't, I think they're, I mean, I don't want to say they're a champ because they have so many good players, but I can't, I have no faith in Jordan Love right now. Just no faith. Like, I don't, I haven't seen him play. I don't know what he looks like. I know the last season, full season he played as a football player was not very good in college. The year that everyone hyped him up was the season before where he had a really good year. But his, the last year in college was terrible. And then, you know, he looked terrible in practice all year last year. Some of the beat reporters are saying that he struggled with, with accuracy. And it's hard to say they're a champ if, you're, if the quarterback of that team is – a subpar quarterback. Now, dude, but they got Blake Bortles on the roster, man. Get out of here with that crap. <laughs> Blake Bortles is not doing anything for this team, okay? So, yeah, I have him as a champ uh, as long as Aaron Rodgers is on the team. I don't see him getting traded unless something big happens, but I just I don't see it. So, what do you got, Justin? I mean, for me, it's it's simple. With, with the discount double check, I'd like to uh, take my – championship with this uh my championship odds with this team obviously former mvp this year or he will be the reigning mvp i should say and i mean you you know what you got in Devontae adams aaron jones robert tunyon now you know what he what it's about but anybody else on the ball temper expectations i think uh, uh Devontae adams easily drops you know i i would definitely want stefan diggs tyreek hill uh, Calvin Ridley, D-Hop, I, I think he drops to maybe five or six at that point if if uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Jones maybe stays where he's at because I think he gets a little bit more you know love with the newer quarterback, maybe a little check down, whatever the case might be. Uh, so we'll see, man. But uh, reports are coming out, too, that A.J. Dillon – is coming on his own too. So and that's another thing too is that if happens. if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback, I think AJ Dillon gets more of a crack at it and gets more For uh, sure. production because you know Aaron likes his guys. He <laughs> he likes the guys that you know he had last year that he relied on for the majority of the season, and he didn't use they didn't use AJ Dillon AJ Dillon that much. So no, for sure you you know it's it all depends on the quarterback. If the quarterback's there, draft Packers. If they're not. Fade Packers. Yep. Probably sounds good. All right, so the next team, we're going to head over to the NFC South, okay? We're going to talk about the 4-12 and Atlanta Falcons. This offseason, they hired Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith as a new head coach, signed running back Mike Davis to a two-year deal, signed, quote, running back, I'm using air quotes here, Cordell Patterson to a one-year deal. Uh, they waived Ido Smith. They picked up Calvin Ridley's fifth-year option, and then declined Hayden Hurst's fifth-year option. The 2021 draft class included tight end Kyle Pitts in, in round one, which actually he was the highest-picked tight end in NFL history. Offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield in round three. Interior offensive lineman Drew Dahlman in round four. And wide receiver Frank Darby in round six. A notable UDFA was running back Javian Hawkins. He's a smaller guy, more of a scat-back kind of thing. But he does complement Mike Davis. Mike Davis is more of a between the tackles runner. Oh, for sure. He does catch the ball pretty good, but JV and Hawkins could be, uh, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, maybe a dynasty stash right here, uh, could be a solid contributor to this team. 
Uh, and then they, the big news, obviously we hit it on the beginning of the show. They traded wide receiver Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, man. Man, big void. Yeah. Big shoes to fill with, uh, you know, the players they have in-house. Offensively last year, and this is a tough one too because the philosophy of this offense is going to change, but last year 16th in points scored, 4th in pass attempts, 5th in passing yards, 13th in passing touchdowns, 17th in net yards per attempt, 20th in rush attempts. 27th in rushing yards, 23rd in, pa- in rushing touchdowns, 31st in yards per attempt. Oof. Big oof. Oof. That's a Jared Goff-approved oof right there, okay? <laughs> Ninth in scoring percentage and 21st in turnover percentage. Now, the turnover percentage is pretty low. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they didn't turn the ball over, turn the ball over as much as some other teams. But you can see they didn't run the ball effectively. They did throw a lot. I expect this to be flipped. When we do this next year and we talk about the Falcons next year, this will most likely be flipped. They will be probably a bottom, I mean, probably not a bottom, probably a middle-of-the-pack passing team and more of like a, uh, I can't really say top 10 rushing team because of the fact they only have Mike Davis uh, currently as as our, as our RB1. But I could definitely see middle-of-the-pack in, in on both sides, you know, running and passing. So the the... Arthur Smith was a run-first play caller in Tennessee. Yeah. It does help that they had Derrick Henry. I get that. But I still think his tendency is going to be to run the ball and use play action, and that's going to make this offense more efficient. Hopefully it will look a little bit like the Vikings. That would be sweet for fantasy. I don't know if it works out that well with the current people they have on the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, and last year you got Matt Ryan finished – QB 12, Todd Gurley, RB 29, oof. Uh, Brian Hill, RB 51, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 5. Hey. Russell Gage, wide receiver 37. Mm. <laughs> Julio Jones, wide receiver 51. Ouch. And Hayden Hurst, tight end 9. All right, Derek, we laid it all out just like before. What you got? I, I'm going to say they're a champ. Oof, really? I'm going to say they're a champ. I know that, you know, we laid it out pretty good. Uh, I think that their offense gets more efficient. And I think, like we said before, when we were talking about the Vikings, the the best thing about the Vikings is how efficient they are. And we and we both agreed. They, we labeled them both a champ. We labeled the Vikings a champ. I think that the efficiency of this offense goes way up. Now, I understand that that hinges on the fact that Mike Davis being a productive running back, which for the most part of his career hasn't been that guy, but he played pretty well last year, finishing as a top 12 running back in uh, relief of Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, you know, I could definitely see this offense still producing at a high level in the passing game. You know, Matt Ryan can still sling the ball. He's Mr. Yardage, man. He throws for a ton of yards. They got rid of old busted Todd Gurley. They don't have Brian Hill. They don't have Vito Smith. They have Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage as their two receivers, and Russell Gage played pretty well over the back half of the year. Calvin Ridley is a stud, bona fide stud, wide receiver one. He'll probably finish as a top five option in 2021. They moved on from Julio Jones, but they did draft Kyle Pitts, who I mean, I'm a big fan of, not just because I'm a Florida fan, and he, I watched him torching everybody. But he's a superstar in the making. I feel like it may, you know he may not be 
a Travis Kelsey this year or a George Kittle type player this year. But moving forward, this guy is a matchup nightmare, you know, and he's probably just as big as Julio, but not as fast. But still, I mean, he is a matchup nightmare anywhere you put him on the field. You put him outside, he can he can hang with corners. You put him inside, he can run by a linebacker. He can dominate safeties. Like, and he's good in the running game too. He's a good blocker. I think he's going to be a really good option for this team. I think the majority of their options are going to be good. Like Mike Davis, you can probably get him at a discount because people aren't as super excited about him. The only player that I'm really not as high on is is Matt Ryan, just because anytime you lose Julio Jones, it does take a your value does take a hit. We'll see if Russell Gage can can kind of fill some of the shoe. You know, maybe he's only a size 9 and Julio's a size 14. But <laughs> hopefully that, that you know, he he breaks out. Um, I mean, I'm not calling for the Russell Gage breakout. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But it could happen. And Calvin Ridley led the league in 20-plus yard catches last year. I think this team is, is, is definitely a champ for fantasy purposes. All right. So I am actually going to go ahead and disagree with you. It's the first time we disagree Finally, on this geez, one, man. Goodness. I'm gonna label them a chump. Copying me this whole time. Whoa, whoa! Just because you go first doesn't mean <laughs> that's uh, exactly what it means, though, Justin. If I go first, it means you copied me. Listen, bro. Let me tell you what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I go. Uh, no, but the Atlanta Falcons for me—they're gonna be chumps. The main reason is the coaching changes that's coming to. Uh, Atlanta, okay? So you have a more, obviously, a more run-heavy-minded coach that, you know, the, he he has his style. But Atlanta has been top five in passing attempts for a while, okay? For past at least five years, they've been a very pass-heavy team, okay? Now you're going to take a team and you're going to bring a Mike Davis, who this is going to be his fifth team, Yes, he, he did great in the opportunity that he had in Carolina, but you saw he started to wear down a little bit. He didn't he couldn't finish out the season with a full workload. You know, it I just don't see and then right now you have him going at right around ECR twenty six. Okay. So ECR's twenty six, right outside of the top twenty four. Uh right now ADP around the eighth round. Great. Great thing if he's, you know, your wide receiver three or whatever. So, for me, I don't know. I don't think Matt Ryan is top 12. I think he goes down a little bit. I don't think the efficiency numbers uh, are there. I think this team is – I think this team in general is going to be very low end of this division again Uh, and maybe in the NFL, the whole league. So, Matt Ryan, I don't think he's going to be a QB1. Maybe a streamer. You know, let's see how, like, let's see how Pitts. Yes, Pitts is a great talent. But let's see how he fits with uh, Matt Ryan. Let's see how they're utilizing him. Are they going to bring him in? Are they letting him go out wide? Let's see how that's going. Russell Gage, you know, he he was good. He was decent, you know. But now the biggest thing, Julio Jones is missing from the team. Matt Ryan hasn't played great without Julio. Let's put it that way. Obviously Julio makes a lot of people better. Julio is a great talent. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I for me, I think you lost a big piece. Calvin Ridley, hundred percent. I, I Calvin Ridley is is a great, great Bonafide player. stud. Yes. I, I that is the one gem of this offense that I hundred percent would want. Pitts, I will take 
a, a chance on, but not at the hype value that everybody's putting on him. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I, I just think that there is a lot of question marks of how this team is going to run. Let's see. For me, I, I just, I'm just not there. I'm the, I'm just not there. Kyle Pitts, I think he's going to be a great guy, but what's the, I mean, I just throw in a pro tip here for you while okay. we're, <clears throat> uh, let somebody else draft Kyle Pitts. In your fantasy drafts, let somebody else do it. Do. Let them take him at the tight end four price tag he's sitting at right now. And then three or four weeks into the season when he's having that slow start, like every other tight rookie tight end in NFL history has had, then go trade for him. Yeah. Because at the back half of the year or the back two-thirds of the year, he could be an absolute monster. If he starts to get gelling with uh, yeah. Matt Ryan, so you know, I mean, let I somebody think, else do it. I think the moral of the story here is just draft Calvin Ridley, and then we can move on, or, or keep <laughs> or keep Calvin Ridley if you're in my situation. Yes. So, all right, guys, we are going to move on. Carolina Panthers, five and eleven last year. Franchise tagged offensive tackle Taylor Mort- Moten, signed guard Pat Elfleen. I probably butchered that name, but it's okay. Three-year deal, signed offensive tackle Cameron Irving to a two-year deal, signed uh, wide receiver David Moore to a two-year deal. They acquired Sam Darnold from the New York Jets, then traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos. They picked up DJ Moore's fifth-year option and Sam Darnold's fifth-year option. The Sam Darnold was shortly after the draft when they knew they weren't getting a quarterback. The 2021 draft class. When they decided not to Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. When they decided to pass on him on Justin Fields at eight and take a corner. You know, that was them. Whatever. Uh, They took tight end Tommy Tremble in the third round, wide receiver Terrace Marshall uh, in the second round, tight end Brady Christensen in the third round, Chuba Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State, in the fourth round, guard Deontay Brown in the sixth round, and wide receiver Shai Smith in the sixth round. So they took quite a few offensive players. I mean, their draft last year was all defense. Now they're adding to the offense. I think, you know, this team is they're building a solid team. They're building a physical team too. And you know, last year they were surprisingly good. I think the fact they didn't have Christian McCaffrey definitely hurt them. Looking at their offensive rankings, 24th in points scored, 22nd in pass attempts, 18th in passing yards, 28th in passing touchdowns, 14th in net yards per attempt. Doesn't get much better from there. 21st in rushing attempts, 21st in rushing yards. They were 12th in rushing touchdowns though. 16th in scoring percentage and 7th in turnover percentage. That 7th in turnover percentage is a tough number, man. Yes. That's that is tops of the league in turning the ball over. Not a good number to be uh top 10 in uh as far as offensive categories go. This offense was lackluster to say the least, but it did produce three top 25 wide receivers and a top 12 running back. Yeah. And I mean, you got Teddy Bridgewater finished as QB 19. Mike Davis came in for CMC at RB12. CMC at finished at RB53. Obviously, what played? Three games. Three games. He still led the league in, in points, points per game. In yeah, points dude. per game. Dude, That's pretty crazy. When he was out there, he was scoring you 40 points a game. <laughs> I know. It was, it was glorious. I loved it. Uh, Robbie, if I could have only gotten Christian McCaffrey back for the championship week last year, I would have <laughs> ran away with it. But you had to witness Camara score TD. Yeah, or six I was TDs. on the I was on the end of that Camara Christmas Day <laughs> gift. Ugh, I don't even know what to say, bro. 
Jared Goff oof. That's what it was. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, wide receiver one was Robbie Anderson at wide receiver 19. Uh, DJ Moore finished at wide receiver 23 and Curtis Samuel at wide receiver 25. Ian Thomas, not even relevant. Non-existent. Virtually Tight non-existent. and 54. So there are 32 teams in the NFL, and he wasn't even in the top 32. <laughs> He's on an NFL team and wasn't even part. He wasn't even a top thirty-two tight end, Ouch. which is crazy. So they don't use a tight end at all, and they drafted Tommy Tremble. So, uh, and they know. brought in Dan Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know, man. Sorry, Ian Thomas Truthers, if you guys exist, I apologize, but it's probably not going to happen. Derek, talk to me, dog. Do you think what? Do you think that this team did enough to? help win people fantasy championships this year well i mean this is a tough one this is extremely yes. tough yes, 100%. so what i'm gonna do is i'm actually gonna talk myself into the into my answer i'm gonna back myself into the answer okay so let's 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 go in a little deeper here so they replaced teddy with sam Darnold. cmc is gonna come back healthy they don't have mike davis they still have robbie anderson and dj moore curtis samuel the kind the kind of glue that kept that offense together by doing a whole bunch of different things, you know, running the ball, catching the ball, all those kinds of things, screens, down the field passing, all that stuff. And then just a non-existent tight end. I mean, oh, man, I'm going to say they're a champ. Okay. I'm going to say they're a champ. And I'm going to say this because their defense is probably still not that great. So they're probably going to throw the ball a lot. Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. (laughs) Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. But, I mean, he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got solid weapons with Robbie Anderson, who he has a rapport with from the Jets. Now, if whether that was a good rapport or not, he still knows who this guy is. He's still thrown the ball to him before. DJ Moore is a, you know, he finished as a top 24 receiver last year. I'm still a little hesitant, but I still think that if he is now playing in the slot with Terrace Marshall, the rookie they drafted out of LSU, takes over that outside, outside role, and you put DJ Moore in the slot – you got Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. I think that if Sam Darnold could take that step, I think this offense could be electric. And they still have Joe Brady calling plays, who Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator who was calling plays for Joe Burrow when he won the national title in college at LSU. So, great offensive coordinator. I like Matt Rule as the head coach. They're making solid decisions. They got Sam Darnold, who – could be if he he still could be a great NFL quarterback. I think we know what Teddy Bridgewater was. They made the right right upgrades on their offense, and any time any team with CMC is going to be really good for fantasy. I don't know if I'm starting to see ghosts or what, but I'm going to go ahead and say that they are going to be champs due to the fact that their offensive coordinator calling the plays I think makes Sam Darnold better. So I'm gonna 100%. I'm gonna go, and just the skill set around him in general. This is the best skill set he's had around him. Like the Jets didn't do anything. The Jets did more this year for Zach Wilson, and they just drafted Zach Wilson. Well, you know what the you know what the reason for that is is because no Adam Gase. Yeah. Now the Jets have a new yeah. head coach. They got a new offensive coordinator. They got a new lease on life. So, so yeah, I just I I don't know I I. I have this feeling, you know, Sam Darnold is going to be a decent quarterback, okay? Teddy Bridgewater was QB19 and produced three 
top 25 receivers. Okay, so you, you had relevancy throughout this whole team. Like, And Mike Davis was still an RB12, you know. So I think that you're going to have a bunch of friends for Sam Darnold. I think he's going to be happy. Yeah. I think he's going to play well. I think that you're not going to have the three top 25 receivers, but I think you're going to have your CMC, Robbie, DJ, and uh, – and maybe Sam could may we can might be talking. Give it a couple weeks, and we may be talking about a streaming candidate or somebody that you know. Hey, they're they're playing. I mean, Terrace Marshall could yeah, come on strong. He could I, I'm not really. That's really the only option. That's really the only option that you you really have when I'm you say that. Say Justin him, is no. Terrace Marshall because you're not gonna say about Ian Thomas. He's never done it. No, He's never gonna talking, do it. I don't want any tight end from this. The rookie this tight ends thing. aren't gonna do it either. Yeah. So, but you have enough on here to give you good fantasy numbers to help you win championships this year. I agree. For sure. I agree. All right. So the next team we have the New Orleans Saints at twelve and four. Now the I, Saints go marching out <laughs> one by one. Rah, yeah. Rah. Yes, they did. Mass <laughs> exodus in New Orleans. Now I want to point out. I want to take the time to point this out real quick on our show sheet. All right. Every single episode that we've done of this series, we order the teams by last in the division to number one in the division. But I refuse. (laughs) I refuse. As a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I refuse to put the Saints over the Bucs. They were the. We are talking about the Bucs last in this series because they are the reigning, defending. Super Bowl champs, okay? I don't care if we got swept by the Saints last year in the regular season. They are the next team that we're talking about at 12-4. and four. Drew Brees retired. Finally. Love the guy. Drew Brees he... didn't play on Tampa. No. <laughs> <laughs> I made the show sheet. This is my decision. I'm, I am the captain now, okay? If you guys could see me right now, I am doing the whole I am the captain now thing to Justin across the table, okay? This is my boat, all right? Drew Brees retired. Doesn't have to destroy my bucks every year anymore, okay? He can go play golf and and sit in the, the commentary booth all he wants, okay? Love the guy, but thank goodness he retired. Great career. Uh, they re-signed running back Ty Montgomery to a one-year deal. Resigned running back Dwayne Washington to a one-year deal. Resigned quarterback slash flex I think they just call him a flex. They should just create a position in the NFL called flex because we have it in fantasy football, and that's what he is. He's a flex. Uh, Taysom Hill to a one-year deal, but that one-year deal does have like four year, four voidable years. The overall worth is like 120 something million. It's it's crazy, uh, but a one-year deal that uh, an actual one-year deal, but it could turn into more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, they re-signed Jameis Winston to a one-year deal. That's an actual one-year deal. Like they're not paying him anything. <laughs> Um, re-signed offensive tackle James Hurst to a three-year deal. Uh, they The notable offensive piece that they released is Emmanuel Sanders, even though they released a bunch of players. They also restructured nine starting players. They restructured nine contracts that were starters for them last year. If they didn't retire or they didn't get released, they restructured their contract. And rightfully so, they were in – they had the least amount of cap space. They were – what was it like 90 million over the cap or something or is oh yeah it was it was crazy. outrageous outrageous and they barely got there they barely got their cap under control 
by the deadline. Their 2021 draft class included quarterback Ian Book from Notre Dame, round four. Land, offensive tackle Landon Young in round six. And wide receiver Kawan Baker in round seven. Three names we'll probably never talk about again the rest of this podcast, as long as it exists. The Saints really didn't do a whole lot, but they really couldn't. They really couldn't do a whole lot in this offseason except get rid of people. Yes. And restructure people. Yeah, they were they were definitely built to win. Like I They were built they put, to win last year. Yeah, they were like the years in, in the past. They were like trying to push all their chips in. This and, is what happens when you push all your chips in and somebody else has a straight flush. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who had the straight flush? Was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. We had the straight flush. Anyway, uh offensive ranks last year, fifth in points scored, twenty fifth in pass attempts. Probably a combination of not having Drew Brees. Most of the season. 19th in passing yards, 11th in passing. Or Michael Thomas. Or Michael Thomas, yeah. (laughs) 19th in passing yards, 11th in passing touchdowns, 10th in net yards per attempt. They were an excellent running team, and that is because they had the number one overall running back, Alvin Kamara. They were fifth in rush attempts, sixth in rushing yards, first in rushing touchdowns. That sixth touchdown performance still burns burns my, (laughs) my... it haunts my dreams. Tenth in yards per attempt. They were seventh in scoring percentage, which is a really good number, turning drives into touchdowns or, or, or field goals or points. Twenty-sixth in turnover percentage, which is another good number, even though it sounds bad. It's it's just like the Packers. They were 32nd in turnover percentage. They're 26th in turnover percentage. So they didn't turn the ball over, and they scored a lot. They ran the ball effectively, and they scored the fifth most points in football last year. So, Yeah, man, I – yeah, Drew Brees finishes QB twenty one, Alvin Kamara RB one, uh, Latavius Murray RB thirty four, Manny Sanders RB or well RB uh, wide receiver forty two, Traquan Smith wide receiver seventy three, and Michael Thomas wide receiver ninety three missed most of that season, and Jared Cook uh, tight end eighteen. All right, man. So I'm gonna start off with this one. Please do. Dude, it, it's just rough, man, because you, you just have so many missing pieces, okay? And you don't have Jared Cook. You don't have uh, Emmanuel Sanders. You don't have Drew Brees. Yes, you have Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. I I just – the biggest question mark for me is who's obvious, – obviously, who's under center? Who is going to win out this starting job? All right. You have Taysom Hill and you got Jameis Winston. This is a very weird QB competition. Yeah. <laughs> like, very, very weird. All right. And uh, for everybody that thinks it's going to be Jameis Winston, this is probably why Sean Payton is like, eh, I might not want to put him as my starting QB. Is because Jameis Winston has the most turnovers in the NFL since 2014 among active QBs, despite not starting a game last season and not being drafted in two. Until 2015. <laughs> that is an incredible stat. Okay. That is, that is probably incredible. a very good reason why Sean Payton does not want to have him as his starting QB. Okay. Yeah. That's tough. Now, your only other option is Taysom Hill. So, yes, he takes away a little bit of Alvin Kamara. He's a 30 year old guy who's been playing this flex position all his life, and now he's going to be He's still on the punt QB. team. Yeah, I I don't understand. Like, I this is a very weird, like 
cornerback competition. I think it should be uh, Jameis Winston. I think I like a lot of these options a lot more if it is Jameis Winston. I like Michael Thomas more. I like uh, Alvin Kamara more. I like Traquan Smith more. Adam Troutman. Because I think there's going to be a lot more pass attempts. I think this I think this offense is completely different if you have Taysom Hill or if you have Jameis Winston. So right now, I'm going to temper expectations. I'm going to say they're a chump. I don't think this is going to be a very, very good offense. Let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jameis Winston is a starter. I don't think he's going to be the starter. Because, I mean, they were decent. They were a decent team last year. They they were competing in t- games or whatever throughout the year with I mean, they Taysom swept Hill. the Super Bowl champs. I mean, they yeah, yeah. they were a Well, great that team. was with Drew Brees. I'm talking about with Taysom. When Taysom was able to start the, the, the games he started, they, they were a decent team. You know, but Taysom takes a lot of that fantasy away from Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. You know, I think the scoring chances go down a little bit, all that kind of stuff. So, my temper expectations, I'm going to label them chump but it might be subject to change. How do you feel? I mean, the only players I really want on this team are Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Now, when I say that, I'll take Alvin Kamara at where whatever his cost is. If I'm in the range to take Alvin Kamara, I'm taking him. I don't care where it is. Yeah, he's still drafting top five. I can't say the same thing about Michael Thomas. Even though I want Michael Thomas, I'm not going to treat him as a top fight receiver like he has been the last couple seasons. I mean, right now he's got he's going in the third round, the beginning of the third round. Three oh two. Um yeah, I just to me I would like to have him there, but like you said, the pass attempts in this offense is gonna be completely different if Jameis is a quarterback or Taysom is the quarterback. If Taysom Hill is the quarterback there's going to be a lot more rushing. And I think that this offense will look pretty similar to what it did last year. They were a top five rushing team in the NFL. I mean, first in rushing touchdowns, fifth in rushing attempts, I think right? you have a similar, like, Baltimore Ravens type offense. Like, you're going to have a more of a rushing. Like a less yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah, more rushing floor yeah. than anything. But if... But here's the other thing, too, is that if, they, if Jameis is a starting quarterback, that does not mean that Taysom Hill is not going to be playing a lot. Oh, for sure. I guarantee you that if Jameis is the starter, Taysom Hill will play an annoying amount of snaps. <laughs> like, yeah, Jameis is the starter technically, but he's only handing the ball off. He did get that LASIK eye surgery. Yeah, so he can see when he hands the ball <laughs> off to Alvin Kamara. I don't see Jameis throwing 30 touchdowns. I can see him throwing 30 picks, but not 30 touchdowns. So I don't think he's going to replicate that production he had in Tampa Bay, except for maybe the interceptions. But, uh, I mean, Michael, Michael Thomas, it, it's so hard to project how he's going to be because you don't, there's two different quarterbacks. They're completely different guys. It's not like, you know, you got – it's kind of like the Patriots, right? Well, they got Cam Newton and they got Mac Jones. Yeah. Two completely different type of quarterback. Mac Jones, you can throw the ball a little bit more. Cam Newton, you have to run the ball a little bit more. It's the same thing in New Orleans. This off, it's gonna where you're taking these these players like Michael Thomas. If he if I'm sitting in the third round, and let's say I took a, a running back early, maybe I come back and get another running back. So now I'm going for my wide receiver one. I don't know this year if I'm excited about Michael Thomas as my wide receiver yeah. one. Maybe as my two. Actually, as my two, I'd be okay. Oh, for sure. I, I feel pretty confident in that. But if he's my one. I'm nervous because I don't know what this offense is going to look like throwing the ball because I don't know the starting quarterback. Now, if Sean Payton comes out tomorrow and said, absolutely, 
no shadow of a doubt, Jameis is a starter moving forward. And Taysom, but he's never going to say this, but and Taysom Hill is the guy who's going to continue that role that he did when Drew Brees was in. That's never going to be said publicly, but if that's what actually happens, Michael Thomas could be a yeah. solid wide receiver too this year. I don't see him, you know, returning that top five receiver, but I mean, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, for right now, I mean, I'm more comfortable taking like a Keenan Allen before a Michael Thomas. I'm I'm more comfortable with taking a DK Metcalf. You know, I, DK right now he he's going at two oh two. So let me make let me set this up for you if you're taking a draft. All right, say you have the number two pick overall and you're coming through. Would you rather go running back, running back Michael Thomas? Or would you rather go like uh say you go Dalvin Cook at the second overall pick and then you go um Justin Jefferson at the two eleven and then you get Antonio Gibson at three oh two because right now Antonio Gibson's going at three oh two. So you that's your Three, I'd rather have that than going running back, running back, Michael Thomas. You know, I, I think I'm more comfortable getting the Justin Jefferson tied to a more efficient offense that I know I'm comfortable with not knowing what the outcome is of the New Orleans Saints right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on draft strategy right now, but, yeah. I mean, I always try to stay water and not tie myself to running backs. Falls, but, obviously but, like, if draft, it fell so. to me in that way, yeah, I think I would rather have Jefferson and Gibson rather than, you know, that running back. Uh, let's say if it was – if you still got Gibson at that spot, yeah, I'm just I'm just not comfortable taking Michael Thomas as my one. So I'd have to have a number one wide receiver before I take Michael Thomas, and I just don't think he's going to produce like that for me this year. For sure, man. All right, so – we're going to talk about the greatest team in the NFL last year. And they didn't win their division, <laughs> so we shouldn't be talking about them right, right now. So we're talking about the 11-5 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to try to give an honest, unbiased opinion on this, but no freaking promises, okay? Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise tag wide receiver Chris Godwin re-signed Tom Brady to a one-year extension, re-signed Rob Gronkowski to a one-year extension, Donovan Smith, offensive tackle, two-year extension, Resign running back Leonard Fournette to a one-year deal. Antonio Brown gets a one-year deal. They signed Giovanni Bernard to a one-year deal. I get Are, it. They brought everybody in. We Jeez. did. We did. First team <laughs> in what NFL history? Not NFL history, but in the Super Bowl era to bring back all 22 starters from the Super Bowl. No, for sure. Uh, they did a great job. And you know the 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 only reason why that happens is Tom Brady. From yes. two perspectives. Number one, he's the goat. Right. Everyone wants to play for Tom Brady. Nobody wanted to leave. Number two, this guy is only making – he only made $25 million last year. You, know, you see all these other quarter oh, – only. Okay. <laughs> oh, only $25 million. Okay, so – but you see, like, Aaron Rodgers yeah. making over these 30 almost like $40 million, $40 million dollars, and it's making it difficult to include – to pick up weapons for them. Tom Brady's taking pay cuts, and he's getting Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. He's got – Leonard Ford, he's got all Rob Gronkowski, everyone. He's got they have three tight ends that could start on all thirty two teams in the NFL. They have three wide receivers who would be the one on pretty much every team in the NFL. Like he has weapons everywhere. Now, if he had a running game, he'd probably be they'd probably be unstoppable. But we're gonna get into that in a second. Their draft class in sec in the second round they take quarterback Kyle Trask, who could just you know, he's whether or not he is the next guy up. 
I bet that made you happy going from Florida to... uh, I love it. I love Kyle Trask. Florida quarterback, you know, solid player. He was... I think he should have won the Heisman, but that's a different... That's a biased opinion right there, if if there ever was one. Uh, Offensive tackle Robert Hainsey in the third round, and wide receiver Jalen Darden in the fourth round. Sneaky good draft class, to me at least. I mean, they started the draft with, you you know, adding to that pass rush with... Uh, Tyron, I'm super excited about this about the the off season that they had. Um, obviously, because I'm a Bucks fan, but whatever. Uh, offensive ranks: they were third in pass uh, points for, sixth in pass attempts, second in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns, eighth in net yards per attempt. They were an elite passing offense with a 43 year old quarterback who they also led the NFL in deep balls, throwing the ball deep down the field, 20 plus yard throws. They were number one in the NFL. Yes, more than Patrick Mahomes, okay? Then the rushing side of the ball, a lot to be desired in here. The 29th in rushing attempts, 28th in rushing yards, 18th in rushing touchdowns, 25th in yards per attempt. They were 6th in the NFL in scoring percentage and 27th in the NFL in turnover percentage, so they were a very efficient offense. I think in the beginning of the year, they were like, they scored touchdowns on their first, like, I think it was 18 or 20 possessions inside the red zone in the beginning of the season, which is unheard of. The type of efficiency that was, when they got down to the goal line, they scored touchdowns. They weren't kicking field goals, we were scoring touchdowns. Yeah, Mike Evans was getting one catch for two t- Like, <laughs> Hey, man, it translates to Ws, man. It don't matter. So, um, you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, they, you know. They I'm going fit- to skip that transition. I'm going to cut that one out, just so you know. Right. Yeah, man, Tom Brady finishes at the QB7. Ronald Jones, RB20. Rojo. Uh, Leonard Fournette, RB35. Mike Evans, wide receiver 11 due to his two-catch, two-TD <laughs> type games. Yeah, he was that still he had a wide receiver season. one, man. Dude. I don't care how inconsistent he was. It, it, but Yeah, but he still put up fantasy numbers because all of his catches were TDs. Yeah. Like, uh, Chris Godwin, wide receiver 31. He was hurt for a little bit part of the season. Tony Brown, wide receiver 65, and Gronk was tight end 10. I'm just going to let you finish out with Tampa, so I'll just go first on this one so you can have all your glory. Sounds good. (laughs) Love it. Uh, There's not much to say, man. These guys are champs. They brought everybody back, uh, every starter back. They just defense, offense. Uh, I think it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be the same thing that we we saw last year. I think it's going to be a lot of passing, not a lot of rushing. Uh, and if it is a lot of rushing, it's going to be split. So you don't really like Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. You're not really going near those guys. Um, maybe as your RB3, you know, maybe. Uh, but you, you definitely want a little piece of this uh, passing game and especially Tom Brady. That's probably the guy I'm most excited about this because there is a lot to go around. But obviously they produced with it, so – uh, I think that they're going to be champs. Uh, I think Tom Brady is a guy that a lot of people are going to want this year. He he performed very, very well, and I don't think he's going to take a step back even though he's another year older. There's no answer I can give besides them being champs. And if I said they were chumps, I mean, nobody would believe me because <laughs> of my enthusiasm for my, for my team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers – Presenting the reigning, defending, undisputed champion of the world, 
damn right. Okay? Super Bowl champs. So they have to be a champ. They just have to be. By default, they have to be champs this year. Tom Brady, quarterback seven last year. Ronald Jones was a top 24 running back without passing work. Okay? I don't expect him to get any more passing work, especially with Gio Bernard. But I do expect him to be a efficient runner because he averaged over 5.5 yards per carry last season, which was tops in the NFL. I don't know the exact place uh, that, that he was, but he was at least a top five back as far as yards per carry. And he had a lot of attempts, man. He, he he did get a lot of work, so it's not like one of those like low sample size numbers. Yeah, it's it's, it's a pretty decent sample size. Leonard Fournette came on strong at the end of the year because yes. Ronald Jones was hurt. So I think that that one two punch can be effective in year two of this offense. Now, I mean, hey, they were 29th in rush attempts, so you can see Bruce, you know, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, they're not trying to run the ball a bunch. You know, they have Tom Brady. I mean, the dude's slinging it all over the yard. Like, he he doesn't look like he took a step back at all. So, I think they continue to throw the ball, like you said. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tony O'Brown, those three options could be could be good for you, especially if you can get uh, some of them maybe at a, at a discount because of the fact that there are three of them, right? Typically, I like to take the lowest of the three and just kind of hope that I hit the right one. I don't like to take the highest of the three because I can get the same production or close to the same production with the other two guys. So, And then Gronk as a tight end 10. I mean, I'll take Gronk. I mean, he's got touchdown upside, oh, yeah. especially with Tom Brady. He's not going to get you – he's not going to be a, a volume play. But, I mean, you could easily see Gronk hitting multiple That's touchdowns. You could easily see him hitting multiple touchdowns in, in certain games. And that upside right there is what you want, especially out of a tight end, man. Finishes the tight end 10 out of, reti- out of, out of retirement. No, I say they're a champ, but I also want everyone to understand that I think it's a little bit closer than I maybe want to believe, right? The fact that they have all these weapons is means that for fantasy, it's going to be difficult to predict who's going to be the guy week to week. Who's going to be the most consistent player on this team? You don't really know. The only player you can really say that's going to be consistent week to week is Tom Brady, but he doesn't offer you anything in the rushing game. So a back-end quarterback one for the majority of the season, that's that's pretty – That's I mean, he was quarterback seven. That's right at the right in the middle of being a quarterback one, right? So yep. if – if anything, I'm taking Tom Brady, and I'm rolling with him as my late-round quarterback. I'll take Ronald Jones as, as my RB3. I really don't want Leonard Fournette unless something happens to Rojo. I'm not taking Giovanni Bernard because I think he's just going to oh, get no, third-down no, no, work. No, 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 no. I don't think he's going to really <laughs> do a whole lot in the running game. And then your receivers, like, just pick your pick your favorite guy, you know, or pick the guy with the best value. I'm not reaching for any of these wide receivers on this team because any three of these guys could pop off, so... And then, you know, like I said with Gronk, like, I wouldn't get too excited about him because he's not going to be a volume play. He's going to be more of a touchdown guy. So that's where I see they are a champ, but you have to temper the expectations too. This offense was good last year, but it didn't produce a ton of fantasy superstars, right? Two players in the top – three players in the top ten in their respective positions. But like like you said, Mike Evans, a lot of his production came off of touchdowns. Yeah, but once they figured out, like once it got later down on the year, uh, Tom Brady and Mike Evans had a very strong connection that might have been due to the fact that Chris Godwin missed some time. And, you know, they they were able to uh, strengthen that rapport with each other. But we'll see. I I think that if if there is a wide receiver that I kind of want to take and I feel most comfortable with, I think it is Mike Evans. 
I mean, he has he obviously has touchdown upside, you know. But do you expect him to repeat that production? No, but I, I expect some more work and some more looks. I think he makes up for the not all the touchdowns, but I think he makes it up with more targets and more and more receptions. See, I kind of feel like, and that's where I think we kind of disagree on this. Is I I feel like that's more of Godwin's uh, role. I think he's the guy that's going to be the volume play. And Antonio Brown will kind of sprinkle in as a mixture of both. Like, he may get two yeah. touchdowns one game. He may have 130 receiving yards one game. But I think Mike Evans is going to be that red zone threat. No, I, yeah, I'm not saying that he's going to be this, you know, PPR machine. Yeah. But Mike Evans was putting up numbers of two catches, two touchdowns. Now, make that seven catches. I mean, that could have easily or, been two targets, no catches, no touchdowns. Exactly. So – but make that, you know, uh, nine targets, seven catches, two TDs. You know what I'm saying? Or one TD, but you're making it up in yardage, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I just think that Mike Evans and Tom Brady might have – I mean, now they have a whole offseason, though. So, we don't know. Because last year was – there was no offseason, no nothing, you know, all this COVID stuff going on. And now we have a full offseason. So, let's see what happens. I, I It might be Chris Godwin, you know, but I think there was – you know, they brought him on a franchise tag, and I don't know if they're going to keep him or what's going to happen, but let's see. All right, man. Well, that's going to be us, it for us today, guys. <clears throat> Super long show, but we had to knock out the rest of this rest of this league for you guys. Fully enjoyed this, this, this series we had going on. Got to talk about my bucks, man. It was a great night. Join us next week for another Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football podcast. You can follow both of us on Twitter at pigskin underscore Jay Gonzo. That is Justin and myself at pigskin underscore D rock. And then follow the show at, on Twitter at pigskin champs. Thank you guys again. We really hope you enjoyed our chumps to champs series. We're con- going to continue all season long and all season long with more and more content. We're just getting started. We appreciate you guys riding with us so far. Stay tuned. There's more to come. Y'all have a great one. See you.